time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Gary Davis, Randy Carricker, we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and our buddy Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider from The Athletic, is with us now on 101 ESPN. Good morning, JR. How are you doing? Good morning. I was doing very well a little bit ago. I listened to the show, and I just want to ask you guys, have you cleansed the microphones? I heard what was talked about, emos. That does not reflect what everybody thinks about you. I love you, emos pizza. <laughs> We love Emo's Pizza, too. We do. It, it, you, yeah, I absolutely love it. Michael Yo, who's going to be at the the Funny Bone tonight, yes. he hates Emo's Pizza, but he's from Texas. He doesn't get us. He doesn't know. But it, I was, By the way, I was talking to somebody the other day, uh, somebody who has lived in Florida and mm-hmm. in Texas from here, and she said to me, she said, people in Florida are weird. Mm-hmm. People in Texas just don't think right. <laughs> See that? That sounds... That sounds that sounds okay. It sounds pretty accurate. <laughs> JR, so, so emos has been one topic of the day. The other topic of the day is, and this is the, the, the question of the day. is it's not is, nine. It's not nine. It's not the number of the day. It's the question of the day. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Oh, man. I've heard this, uh, and I go back and forth a little bit, but I am going to say, no, it is not. Oh. This is a problem here. Oh, this is problematic, JR. How can you say it's not a Christmas movie? <laughs> it said Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. Christmas He's watching it at Christmas time. No, it, 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 I like good Christmas movies where, you know, when you, you, you turn it on, you sit down, you see the lights, you see the carols, you see that stuff. That's Christmas, not Die Hard. <laughs> well, you, didn't you have Al singing a Christmas song as he was buying the Twinkies? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> So, hey, well, okay. okay well, that was good. I'll, I'll stop. Make a okay. left turn. The same question that I asked, uh, and you heard our interview with Robert Thomas. Do you see anything that makes you believe that things are going to click for the Blues on the horizon? I think I believe in Santa more. Is that more good? <laughs> oh. Yikes. Yeah, no, I think that uh, we, we've seen stretches here, right? But, uh, you know, it seems like some of those stretches – uh, here and there, you see it a little bit in New York. It, it's just not followed up, and and I think that some of the same things that we're seeing, uh, we saw last night, just they don't add up. And this team can be better than that. That's why I saw a Craig Ruby last night. I tweeted afterwards, guys, that uh, he was at Wits End more than I've seen him throughout this entire, you know, early part of the season. And you guys, I'm sure, saw the comments. But when he talks about players not coming to the rink ready and I asked him what can you do and, and I think it was followed up somebody said can you bench him he said listen we bench guys and it just doesn't work and and I said where did when did this happen like when did you get to a point where this happened because I mean you talk about the Barrett Jackman's the Alexander Steens you know the uh, Alex Petrangelo those guys it didn't happen with that group and somehow some way it's eroded and it's gotten to a point where you got the head coach talking about guys just not buying into the team all right Jr. There has been much discussion about David Perron. Is it that simple that David Perron was such a force in that room that he was somebody who was in large part responsible for the way the team competed? And and if guys didn't compete, was he a guy that would get into people's faces? Is leaving the aspect, the on ice aspect that he provided out of it, what about just the mental competitive aspect of not having David Perron? Yeah, I think I've said this to you guys before, but I got the text last night after the game, and the text said two words, David, period, Perron, period. And, and you know, it's I've gotten that text a couple times this year from the same person. And, and I think it's a situation you leave out the on ice that you talked about, so we're not talking, 
you know, his skills or what he brought to the power play, so on and so forth. You know, I don't know, not being in the locker room, that David Prime was a guy who was necessarily in your face, but he was a guy who kind of kept it loose, broke things up. Everybody you talked to around the uh, locker room said that uh, he never stopped talking. Like, so I think that that felt like, you know, everybody was at ease all the time. You know, if David's yapping, things must be okay. And, and I think uh, that's probably something they miss. And, and, you know, you can talk about how they miss him on the ice, but I think that, uh, yeah, a veteran guy who brought stability and, and also offered support to everybody. You know, when mm-hmm. I did a story on Zachary Bolduke, the prospect early in the preseason, one of the first things he brought up to me, I said, hey, tell me about your connection with the Blues here. Tell me, you know, how, how is it being a young Blues prospect? And he said, you know what's cool? Getting the phone call from David Prawn asking how I'm doing, telling me he saw my goal last night, telling me is there anything I can do to help you out. This is in-season stuff when David's got his own schedule going on and he's checking in on a prospect like Zach Bolduke. So, you know, it just goes beyond what we see on the TV. Hey, JR, I, I've heard Baruby say this team doesn't play heavy enough. They don't uh, move their feet well enough. There's not enough effort. Um, but saying that they're not coming to the rink ready to play uh, is probably the most problematic comment for me. And, and in my opinion, and I want to get your thoughts on this, I think the only people that can resolve this is the players. I think the coaches have, have done the best that they can do in terms of preparing and getting guys ready for games. This falls in the laps of the players. To, to correct this thing. Yeah, 100% carry, and you know that better than anybody. And last night, Craig Bruby, he said, look, the coaching staff, all we can do is prepare them, and we're doing that. We're telling them, you know, where they need to be, what they need to do, who they need to think about, and they've got to execute. But when he starts talking about multiple guys, uh, you know, not coming to the rink, and, and at one point, I think he inferred that, uh, you know, we were just talking about one or two or three players, and he kind of came back and said, no, no, there's a lot more than that. So we're, just, we're not talking about your typical year where you got one or two guys on an island and just start playing uh, to the team. You know, Craig Bruby himself said uh, we've got a lot more guys than that. So, you know, at some point, and I know Doug Armstrong has already stepped in and said what he needed to say a while back, but at some point, to me, there's got to be some sort of change to expect anything to be different because with this group it just doesn't seem like they're catching on to to this and you know shame on them I'm not trying to take them off the hook but at some point they've proved to you that they're not going to do anything differently that was going to be my next question if if you are speaking of change where does the change come from and, and how soon does that change happen well, and that's the biggest thing is I don't know that any significant change can happen this early. And we've talked about that. Like it's just kind of too early being in, uh, you know, going on mid-December now. So, you know, Doug Armstrong could hear, you know, what everybody's talking about. Not that, uh, you know, he's going to you know factor that into his thinking, but he can hear it. And his response would be, there's nothing I can do at this point that's going to dramatically do anything. And, you know, may he get to the point where he says, okay, well, we got to make this move. It, something's got to happen. Yeah, he can he can do that. But I think anything he could do right now, guys, would be minor, insignificant. Probably wouldn't change the course of what's going on. And so, you know, what does it matter? So I, I think he's just got to be patient. Understand that people aren't going to be happy, which you know he's had to deal with that for years and years and years. <laughs> and then when he feels that it's right to to make that uh, to make that move and make that significant change. You know, then we'll see it. Yeah, every franchise in pro sports, Jr., is going to go through periods like this. Whether it's because a good team gets old or because you have an incompetent front office, but we know that this is a competent front office. We know that this is a coach who is not only capable of developing young players, but he's also capable of winning a Stanley Cup. And it's been a bad 30-year stretch. I expect it to be an ad, a, a bad 82-game stretch, relatively speaking. I don't think that the Blues are going to be in the Bedard sweepstakes. But I, I do think that good people 
competent people are entitled to have an off year now and then. And some of that is trying so hard to get that Stanley Cup championship by getting people in here that were going to be into their 30s and giving them a lot of money on long-term deals. And they aren't the same players that they were four years ago when they won the Stanley Cup. No, it's certainly the case. And, and we've talked about that. And I know that Doug Armstrong has a tough job. And I realize that, you know, in, in the era of uh, the salary cap, it, it's tough to keep everybody under the cap if you want to continue to have good players. And if you've got good players on your roster already and they're willing to stay and take less, but the alternative is you have to give them that extra term to kind of keep them and keep that AAV low, you know, it looks like a game, a good game plan. But then when you get into a situation where whether guys are relaxed or whether, you know, they're comfy with their contract or, you know, the skills are going to deteriorate over their uh, late 30s, uh, late 20s, early 30s, you know, if they're not going to come together and play together as a team the way you envisioned it, it's just too hard to break up. It's so hard to break up. And, and so I'm not saying Doug Armstrong would have done anything differently, but this situation would be totally different if you had a bunch of guys on there last year, two more years, three more years, and you could move them. You just can't do it with these long-term contracts. Uh, JR, I'll end with this. The Blue Stanley Cup Championship video starts with audio from Bernie Miklas and I in early September of 2019 talking about how much of the Blues sucked. <laughs> oh, that's great! That's great. I'll tell you. I, I'll tell you. I went back and looked at some headlines that I had at the Athletic, and in a uh, span of six months, from like December to June, it went from uh, fan apathy. What are the Blues going to do? To could these guys really do it? To these guys are legends. Those were the uh, <laughs> exactly. headlines that we had uh, that season. So, so yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure it can happen, but uh, you certainly don't see any signs of it with this club. No, I'm, I'm with you there, Jr. Thanks so much for the time. Have a great weekend, and you and your family get a chance to spend a Saturday together. That's pretty cool, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, I'm going to go refresh myself on that Die Hard. Maybe I missed a scene or two. And, uh, Check it out. Yeah. The, the one where the, guy, the dead guy in the T-shirt shows up that says, ho, 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 now I have a gun too. <laughs> See you later, brother. All right, well, coach. thanks a lot, guys. Jeremy Rutherford on 101 ESPN.